The Great Canadian Talk Show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way! Yes way! And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. Welcome to the Great Canadian Talk Show Podcast. This is episode 14 of season 4, our 14th episode in 2024. Wow, that's a pretty good pace because it's only like February 10th. Huh. Well, we're going to keep it up. While we keep it up, so to speak, others are letting you down. CTV with their announcement of a massive cutbacks. That would be Bell, uh, the parent company, and then it trickles down onto the radio division, though apparently nothing affected in Winnipeg. Uh, however, TV newscasts uh, on weekends, daytime, like the lunchtime, noon hour news, and uh, on uh, weekends, uh, as I understand it, I might be missing a, a, a minor point here or there, but only Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa, the center of the universe. Those are the only places that CTV has, has deemed um, worthy <clears throat> of having news coverage. And uh, I've been asked by a couple of listeners to uh, address this issue, uh, and they've been really urging me to do so. Late night newscasts uh, were very valuable uh, back in the day when uh, there were those of us that worked shifts and weren't around for the 5.30 or 6 o'clock news. They provide, in the evening editions, and on the weekends, an opportunity for people to find out about things that are going on in their community. And, of course, they throw in the other uh, stories, the national, international stories as well. And there is also, I want to speak about the fraternity of broadcasters. There was a camaraderie that was unique, in particular with the late-night newscasts. Um, often... In a certain period of time, in what they call the double O's, you could wander on down to the Palomino and you'd see all sorts of news people after their late night duties were concluded. And this would be, um, uh, you know, a group that's actually, you know, v very close uh, group of broadcasters. Uh, this would be the era of uh, Camila Di Giuseppe and Leah Hextall uh, and. Um, Caroline Bargut and uh, Holly Carrick was, was part of it. And I'd see them. Some of them were fans of the radio show. And would come over when I, you know, this is how I got introduced to a couple of those, uh, of those ladies. Uh, almost called them girls, but I stopped myself. But at the time they were. Uh, you know, this is 15 or more years ago. Uh, and they're shooters. They're, the, they're producers. They're, they're camera people. And it was a, a unique kind of a crowd. And they had... How should I put this? They weren't as, as you know, stiff-collared. That, was that the term that was used in the old days? They were relatable. Uh, those, those newscasts were uh, not quite as rigid, I guess, is a good way to put it. There was more, and I may have been critical in the past of happy chat news, but it was genuine. And uh, this, not only Winnipeg, a lot of these CTV newsrooms, and that's just been decimated. They've completely demoralized their own people, has Bell Media. Because that's the game they're in. Bell, let's talk, and then you create another 4,800 mental health patients a week and a half later. And it creates a hole in the community. Because we don't see ourselves reflected. Now, I can go on about 
the distortions of evening of of the the noon newscast, the evening newscast, whatever. But the fact is, there was still footage of things going on around town. Whether it was about a crime, whether it was about a community group that had a grievance with City Hall, uh, whether it was about a provincial group that was protesting for increased funding for uh, for health or education or whatever, it gave you an opportunity to at least see something. And now you're going to be seeing a lot less. I took a look at the Twitter feed for CTV Winnipeg today, and shockingly, shockingly. Besides the three cops getting shot at a standoff and the three stabbings overnight, Israel unveils tunnels underneath Gaza City headquarters of UN agency for Palestinian refugees, leaving out the word Hamas. Well, there is a story right there that you're not going to see discussed on Winnipeg television this weekend. I'm sure of it. I'm confident you're not going to see a video report from anybody in Winnipeg about this. Imagine what's going to happen when you have, uh, let's say, Canada Day falls on a Monday or Real Day. Now you're going to have a newsroom. And this is the part that's just, to me, just completely baffling. You're going to have a newsroom that's not going to be basically at work Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What happens when there's another, you know, quintuple shooting on Langside over the course of a weekend? Five people shot. You walk into that newsroom on a Monday you've lost. You're, you're, you're completely lost. You've got no leads. You've got no sources. You haven't been had your feet on the ground. And you're going to try to report on something so important to the community. And you're behind by basically on the, on the fourth day. And that's when you're walking out of the office. Of course, you're never going to have a competitive newsroom. Competitive newsrooms draw ratings. Well, ratings... You can't charge the advertisers. Well, the advertisers paying good money. Guess what? There's no local news. Thank you, Justin Trudeau. Not just the local level, but the national reporters, including Jill Mackishon, who is well known in Winnipeg and who taught a lot to other reporters while she was here. Well, I suppose she still is here, but while she was on the air is what I what I mean. Uh, Bill Forche, I think, got the axe in Edmonton. And you look at how these newsrooms are withering away. But meanwhile, let's just uh, do a, a fast comparison. A very quick comparison. With, let's say, Anchorage, Alaska. There's a market you probably wouldn't think of in terms of uh, you know competitive news market or whatever. What is the staffing at KTUU in Anchorage? They have two news directors, seven news anchors, 14 uh, digital and multimedia reporters, five meteorologists, holy crow, and two sports reporters. And you know, that's sports reporters. CTV, CKY, they built those newscasts 40 years ago, 30 years ago, probably really 50 years ago to some extent when Peter Young got there. With coverage of local sports, not just the Jets or the Bombers, but of the universities, the high schools, the amateur teams, the amateur individual athletes, please of the week. And now the bean counters at Bell have erased that heritage. They've gradually whittled it down over the years. Now they've erased that heritage. Because instead of appealing to the marketplace, they're trying to appeal to the shareholders. 
And I can understand why Justin Trudeau's upset. He cuts them, uh, uh, what was it, $40 million in regulatory relief, as they put it, which means probably fees that weren't charged or whatever. And they stab him in the back because it turns out he couldn't buy the newsrooms after all. Well, at least that one couldn't be entirely bought. And don't get me wrong, I think a lot of CTV's coverage nationally is dreadful. But at the local level, not all of which is great, but at least it's something. They didn't get every story wrong. They did uh, on occasion. Um, you know, like they got a news crew out. They, they catch something nobody else is going to catch happening out on the streets. That's important for the community to be informed. Heck, it's even important for the politicians because that's, whether it's a 40-second clip or a two-minute clip, that's less time that they get exposure to the public. I know, I know. I hear people out there saying, oh, that's a good thing. It is, but it isn't. Now, how does that relate back to, um, to, to what's going on? Here's a, here's a note from uh, those uh, posts that I won't name who, but you'd recognize their name as a well-known reporter uh, having spent time in Winnipeg. I think that's a good way of putting it. My heart goes out to all the talented professionals and former colleagues who had the rug pulled out from them and lost their jobs in the latest round of media layoffs. I have no doubt the on-air and online content will suffer. Those close to me have heard my rants about the state of this industry. I hold so dear and how hypocritical it looks almost every year when the parent company touts its mental health initiatives and weeks later sends loyal employees in what could be a major mental health crisis by stripping them of their livelihood and paychecks with likely no mental health supports provided. Yes, it's been explained to me this that isn't how business works, but it doesn't make me any less upset. And people are upset. Like, the public has caught on to this. They're talking about it. Nobody ever talks about Bell Media. They're talking now. They're talking because they feel abandoned. They're talking because they feel betrayed. They're talking because they feel that they've been used and then tossed aside. All those years of loyalty to CKY, to CTV. For some of us, it started with Uncle Bob and Archie and Ray Torgrid and Jack Wells. All through the various generations, we've seen all sorts of people come in and out of that newsroom on those newscasts. Keith Morrison, for instance. The aforementioned Peter Young uh, in the sports department. Rod Black, I can hear the cheers and boos now. Sylvia Kuzik. I mentioned Caroline Barguton. Camila DiGiuseppe and Leah Hextall, the later generation. And I, I know I saw that uh, Catherine Dow still employed there uh, at CTV. I guess her deals, uh, her, her duties will be shifting. But there's a lot of disappointment. I'm here for you. I'm here for the community. I'm going to need additional resources to be able to figure out what kind of content, like more frequent content, but I'm looking at it, whether it's for weekends or late nights or, you know, three or five minute news presentations as opposed to the long form stuff that I specialize in because there's a hole that needs to be filled. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to give you an example of the kinds of local stories that CTV, maybe they would tell, maybe they wouldn't, but now they don't have a choice because they aren't broadcasting those new newscasts, those weekend newscasts. They aren't contributing to the community. They're siphoning, hoovering out the dollars and not putting anything back.
And of course, the CRTC puts up with this because CRTC, most useless regulatory body perhaps in the country, next to perhaps the uh, a milk mar- you know the uh, a milk marketing or some other uh, uh, supply board in the uh, in, in the agriculture sector. Useless, useless, useless is the CRTC. They've allowed this state of affairs to go on, aided and abetted by Justin Trudeau. When I come back from this break, I give you an example of some of the news around this community that you might have heard on the CTV newscast this weekend, but that you won't. But I'll provide you the information coming right up. The Great Canadian Talk Show is brought to you by The Hive Hair Company. From classic to funky, the styles of your life are at The Hive in the heart of the Osborne Village at 175 Osborne. Call 452-4483 or online, thehivehaircompany.com. What the legacy media won't talk about. They're too busy covering ribbon cuttings and other such things. He will. Winnipeg Radio, it's moved more and more away from being dynamic, provocative, and closer and closer to... It's Marty Gold. That's not the way it should be, especially with broadcast licenses issued by the CRTC, but that's their problem. On the Great Canadian Talk Show Podcast. The program of hope, of companionship for shut-ins. Is your business plagued by thefts and break-ins? Is your residential property under siege by out-of-control crime and vandalism? You need effective safety measures to protect your property. Jamrock Security can help you today. We have the expertise to deliver the right solutions and get your security problems under control. Call 204-880-1564 or contact our website, jamrocksecurity.ca. Do security. Do it smart. Jamrock Security. Reminder for uh, those of you that are experienced listeners and those of you that are inexperienced listeners. Great Canadian Talk Show podcast, every episode available on actionline.ca, the uh, hub of Winnipeg Public Affairs media coverage. The kind of story that CTV surely would be telling tonight uh, if they only had weekend newscasts, or perhaps, and they'd probably replay it at the news on Monday, the noon news, if only they had it, is about the proposed pool closures and especially a really surprising uh mobilization of forces in St. Boniface as two of the three proposed pool closures are uh, targeting that uh, that ward, Eldon Ross Pool, which I think is Brooklyn's, uh, is one, but two others, uh, those uh, being uh, Happy Land Park and uh, Windsor Park. Now, I, I'm focusing on Happy Land Park because uh, those of you that are longtime followers of our work here on the podcast uh, and on City Circus on Shaw TV back about uh, eight years or so ago. Um, I single-handedly brought the issue of Happy Land Park up into the media consciousness and the public consciousness in Winnipeg as city councillors, I shouldn't say this, not city councillors, but city bureaucrats and some councillors were more than willing to consider wiping out that entire neighbourhood, taking out 140, expropriating 140 properties, uh, businesses, a couple of houses, walling in that neighborhood so there'd only be one route of access and egress and one road traversing that neighborhood going north and south. So it'd be like framed in with uh, the, the road on the west. It was Evans, which was a gravel road. They were going to put a wall around it for the proposed uh, Marion Freeway. And it got a lot of attention. It got a lot of heat in the end. 
the city councilor was shamed into actually opposing that project and that massive spending, because I think it was half a billion dollars. Uh, I don't want to downplay the impact on Windsor Park, and so off the top, I'll mention that the resident citizens of that neighborhood also banding together to try to save their pool. The Windsor Park Residents Association, which is a relatively new organization, I've been invited to contact their uh, their president, and I'll be doing so after the weekend. They're speaking to the news. They say, reach out to our local politicians. We're doing everything in our power to have all our voices heard. They also have a newsletter and an email address if you're interested uh, in perhaps subscribing to their newsletter or whatever, at wprawinnipeg.ca. So Windsor Park uh, and those residents have also been affected by the mess on uh, with the caused by uh, bike the bike lane on Goulet and and the traffic backups up and down Archibald and going down towards downtown uh, down Goulet onto Marion etc. Uh, they've organized uh, and uh, are trying to get ahead of the curve here. Now uh, I'll also be providing three news links uh, links to news stories in the episode description. Uh, one is an information radio CBC clip. Uh, St. Boniface residents upset po- about possible outdoor pool closure. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a YouTube link. I'm actually not sure what that one is because I haven't watched it yet. But I will. So uh, there's media coverage. I'm going to provide those links. But here's what the people are saying. And I've been, I- I'm hoping to interview to specifically talk to, take calls from residents of, uh, of Happy Land Park in particular. Uh, Windsor Park, too. Uh, they've responded, both neighborhoods responding well to my series about the mess uh, uh, through St. Boniface caused by the bike lane construction. And the, the, the those neighborhoods have also been misled by the fake public consultation because it affects their commute to and from uh, work, home, medical appointments, whatever. But from posting on Facebook uh, and soliciting comments from the uh, citizenry, here's some Interesting information, the kind of information that you figure CTV may have relied on for their reporting this weekend. For instance, Roblin Park. Roblin Park is getting a covered rink apparently in this budget for I think one point so one point five million. And the question's raised well, in Roblin Park, the household income is fifty three percent higher than national average. Meanwhile, Archwood, which is Happy Land Park, has had a 13% population increase since 2015, and uh, 13%, almost 14% in Windsor Park. Now, Windsor Park has a population of over 10,000 people. Roblin Park is close to 37% retirees. I know what you're thinking. Well, it's a neighborhood that inevitably contributes more in property tax, etc. And they're also entitled to amenities. Uh, I get that point. The point being made here is that the purpose of, of having pools is really geared towards kids and younger families. And it's also geared towards low-income areas because people don't have the spare cash to go pay to go to the pool or whatever. A resident saying uh, to, suggesting that Councillor Matt Allard Look at the ages of children in both areas and look at the income of the residents. Children and youths will find their own summer activities, uh-uh, which will lead to higher rates of mischief and possibly increased crime in those neighborhoods, as some citizens have suggested. Bring back swimming lessons. 
a resident of Happyland Park uh, who's uh, well experienced in uh, dealing with City Hall saying that you know the city's going to cite low attendance as a reason to close these pools except there are other factors that have been involved and indicating that this resident has records for the last five years can prove that the low attendance was being caused by a lifeguard shortage. In other words, you don't have enough lifeguards. You can only let, only let 25 kids in the pool. Citing that uh, City News, The Lance, CBC, all have records of this and a sign showing about the shortage of lifeguards. Our pool is packed every day with lineups to get in. I can tell you in driving past, anecdotally, Anecdotes aren't data, but anecdotes can tell the story when you're, you believe in the power of your own two eyes. Happyland Park Pool, a very busy place. Now, for his part, I, I pointed out, uh, I pulled a quote from the free press, a screen cap, that Councillor Lard says these are three, told the free press, these are free pools, they're in working class neighbors, the type of activities we want kids to be involved in and uh, he has an idea for saving the Windsor Park pool. And it was pointed out to me that the free press listed uh, these places that the splash pads are going to replace these pools, but Happy Land was not on the list. I double-checked, and that's correct. The idea seems to be they take away the pool in Happy Land Park and replace it with nothing. Another observation about why this is important is when the Norwood pool was closed... And we'll have more about that in a moment, a few years ago. And that was because they completely mismanaged the structure. And I know I mentioned it at some point, and it might have been on a podcast, that engineering-wise, the way they maintained the pool over the winter contributed to the, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, to the deterioration of the pool. That uh, from an engineering point of view, the city mismanaged that asset notwithstanding that it was old and and would have needed repairs. The city didn't help the case. And there are people to this day in St. Boniface and Norwood Flats that think that that was deliberate. Well, they were told that, uh, well, we'll take away your pool, we'll build a splash pad. And you can go to Happy Land Park, you can go to St. Vitell Pool, uh, 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 or or one of the other uh, facilities. That's what they told people. uh, This would be the neighborhood. Um, as you're driving up St. Mary's Road in the 200-300 block, going towards St. Vitale on your right-hand side, right? Behind the Sev, so to speak. And the resident said, well, yeah, but now you want our kids to cross these busy streets to go swimming in the summertime. And then it was decided, yeah, no replacement for the pool, no pool, no replacement for the pool, no splash pad. And Matt Allard voted against the residents. He voted to close that pool. Lo and behold, City Councilor Matillard, who's been largely engaging in radio silence for the last couple of months, emerged from his cocoon, lifted the cone of silence off of his own head, and put together a long, rambling, needed-some-editing post on Facebook, Let's Work Together and Save St. Boniface Outdoor Pools explaining that he was angry when he first heard about it, but as he says, quote, after I had time to cool off, I looked at the budget, talked to a few colleagues. I realized there's a good argument to change the budget and save the pools. I'm doing everything I can. Talking to colleagues and city administration reversed this decision. 
Uh, there's some inside baseball involving money. It's saved up for a new splash pad in Windsor Park. And so there's money in the budget they can move around to help uh, save these things. I don't want to get too deep into that. Splash pad, says a lord, we're meant to replace wading pools, not pools. And two pools in exchange for one splash pad is not fair for the residents of St. Boniface. Look at that. Matt Allard actually speaking up for the residents. Unbelievable. Part of his rationale, we're in the middle of a meth and opioid crisis. Pools are activities for teenagers and adults. Splash pads are not. And going to cool off the pool on a hot summer day is a healthy activity. Healthy people are more likely not to become addicted to meth and opiates. We want people in pools not doing graffiti or smashing windows. Wow! Madelard's been silent, and I mean silent, about the crime afflicting this neighborhood. But now, suddenly, he cares. Splash pads are not pools, he says. Teenagers don't go to the splash pad, but they do go to the pool with their friends. Families go to pools. Splash pads are fun, but they are by no means a replacement for an outdoor pool. The city prefers splash pads to pools, meaning outdoor pools, because there's less less staff required to run the splash pads, and they can operate longer hours. Now, Lard makes a point that's actually remarkably intelligent. Many people in Winnipeg and many new Canadians do not know how to swim. And this was a, a typo. It says drawings are up. He meant drownings. We need pools so people have the opportunity to learn how to swim. And he tells a personal story about learning how to swim at Provence Outdoor Pool. Like as a little kid, the way I, uh, I wouldn't say I learned how to swim, but we would go to the, the what is now Clara Hughes Park on Matheson, across from the old Tom Synagogue and, and uh, Josephinsky Collegiate. It's now a faith academy, now a church, uh, church-oriented school, rather. Uh, but the city had a pool there, which they've also taken that that waiting pool out, by the way. Uh, but that was our hangout when I was a kid, one block over, three streets up, three blocks up, uh, and down the block from my grandparents. So Mount Lord has similar upbringing in that regard. He again turns back to uh, the income issue. The families don't have air conditioners. It's one of the few ways that people can cool down. The pools are personal for me, he said, uh, and he said the only thing that would have gotten away from his computer in the early days of uh, dial-up, I guess, was that they would go to the Provence pool and actually socialize. I've personally waited in line at Happy Land Pool with my children to use the pool. When I did attend the pool, the pools were busy. I can tell you that when it came to the argument about destroying Happy Land Park, taking, uh, in terms of that, the earlier Marion Freeway would have taken out that pool, taken out half the park, I guess the time Matt didn't have kids or maybe only had the one and she was, you know, the baby at the time. I never heard him once mention any connection to Happy Land Pool at the time. So I'm glad he now feels a connection to it. He discussed in this Facebook post how attendance is down at pools, uh, not because they aren't popular, but because of COVID. Pool staffing meant pools had a reduced number of people's allowed. Some people stopped going. So it turned into a cyclone, a downwards, a downward spiral, or as he put it, a triple whammy. For lifeguards, with COVID, there was less jobs for lifeguards. Many lost their credentialed status. Then the credential system changed, making it another hurdle for lifeguards to get credentials. Then COVID changed people's habits. And now some of those habits, he says, are coming back. People will use the pools if they're not turned away because the pools are capacity because of lack of lifeguards. He has ideas about booking systems and how to make them more efficient and more used. He refers to in the province of Quebec, which has the highest number of private pools per capita, and the Quebecers, as he says, their excuse is, well, summer's short. We need to get as much enjoyment out of summer as possible. 
a large going on, and this was long, folks. These pools are proposed to be closed where huge investments are being made in recreation in other parts of the city. See, that's the kind of thing that a newsroom would take a camera, go look at this proposal for Roblin Park, and then go back and look at, at the pools in St. Boniface. City debt, says Metal Art, is going up, so it'll be me and my children will be paying for these investments. Mm. It's amazing, you know, because he voted uh, for uh, many budgets of Brian Bowman that involved borrowing, and Allard didn't seem to care too much about passing on debt to his, uh, himself and his children and potentially his grandchildren then. But now he cares. St. Boniface was good for business and people worked hard and play hard. Now a startling admission from the Council for St. Boniface. Quote, when the Norwood Pool closed, it was an all-time low in my career. Hmm. Now he talks about the how the money was resourced in a Bonnie Vital pool down Archibald, uh, which needed a, an enormous upgrade involving seven millions from the province, 50 million invested. I know that residents, he says, will not accept the pool closure and the talk about alternatives is a waste of time. It is not plausible that three outdoor pools have come to the end of their life in the same budget year. The city policy is to close outdoor pools, but the city's not following that policy in the budget, referring to this plan, I guess, for uh, for uh, Roblin Park. He then provides his phone number, saying you can help by sending me an email, start a list of people who are interested in these pools being saved. I'll mention parenthetically, there's also uh, petitions currently at uh, Johnny's Restaurant on Marion, at Hair Passion, which is across from uh, Happy Land Park. There's one other spot where there's uh, petitions already out in the community trying to save these uh, these uh, pools. Uh, in particular, Happy Land Park. I'm sure they're sticking up. Uh, these people would, would also stick up for the pool in Windsor Park and really probably for Eldon, for the uh, Eldon Ross pool as well. Cross town. Because people understand the value of these facilities. Then Metallard, <clears throat> then Metallard says something that's very interesting. City council is accountable to the public. Stop laughing. And in my experience, if people ask to speak or meet with the city council represents them, they will almost always get that call back. Well, as you've heard on this podcast, there are a number of messages, emails and calls, uh, but particularly emails I've sent to Matt Allard in particular uh, about uh, the bike lane that is closed and the uh, obstruction the poor reconstruction of the truck route on Goulet. Never heard back from him. Tried to get him for an interview. Haven't heard back from him. Tried to talk with him about the dangerous conditions for nurses and hospital workers around St. Boniface Hospital. Never heard back from him. But he's saying, counselors will almost always call you back. I'm going to give it another try and try to get Matt Allard on the record. Not only about this pool where he's doing the right thing, shaken out of his stupor, it seems, probably because he got an earful and a half. And also because he's on the outs with Mayor Gillingham, on the outs with the in crowd at City Hall. So he got smacked sideways in the head by this proposal, it appears. He does say if you're going to speak at one of the committee meetings, and he, there's a schedule provided, and it's a short time frame. People got till I guess, March the 20th, I think it is, by the time this process is done. Counselors... Uh, Nothing gets counselors, he says, less interested in supporting a cause than personal attacks or coarse language. It hurts the chances of you being heard. Imagine you're speaking to my late grandma. She did not tolerate swearing. and would probably smack your ears a little if you did. 
The median council members who make a recommendation about community services will listen to the public. I, I think he meant a comma there, the media comma, and council members will make a recommendation. Uh, you get the idea. Observation from a listener about this entire controversy. City of Winnipeg's philosophy seems to be less pools, more encampments. Go figure. This is where the rubber meets the road for some of these councillors that uh, are going to have to make hard choices between pools for people that are law-abiding and uh, draining the city budget for individuals who aren't and that populate our riverbanks and uh, run theft rings and other such things. By the way, no, I'm not talking about every homeless person out there, but we know what's going on. We're not going to, st- we certainly here have not stuck our head in the sand with regards to what was going on off Waterfront Drive. We pioneered the actual coverage of what was going on in North Point Douglas and South Point Douglas and actually forced the media attention on that. I have a feeling that this Happy Land Park closure has gotten attention because the media in Winnipeg, some of them actually remember the controversy from 2015 about the Marion Freeway. And know that this is a neighborhood that has received far less value from city services than, uh, than it has deserved over the years. And it's going to be in for, you know, there's another factor here. And that is, I'll just mention that there's a, uh, the um, Canada Packer site plans for a huge infill project there. Mixed use, uh, high rises, the whole nine yards. Uh, surely the developer would want to have a public amenity like a pool nearby. And in fact, I'm going to be trying to ask them that question. As I believe we're in a position to speak with Shindico about their plans for the Canada Packers site. And I'll ask them whether they'll support the neighborhood that's already there when it comes to saving their outdoor pool and maybe improving on those amenities, not only there, but over down the Holden neighborhood, uh, down more towards, uh, towards La Jamodier, uh, also a neighborhood that's uh, gotten the short end of the stick for years and years and years from City Hall. We're here to stick up for neighborhoods like that, for people like that, and to make sure that their voices are heard. Back to wrap up this episode, another little look at a news item that CTV would surely have covered if only they were on the air this weekend, right after this. This episode of The Great Canadian Talk Show is sponsored by PKP Renovations and Repairs. We take pride in the neighbourhoods we work in. Serving the North End, West Kildonan and the Maples Garden City area for over 20 years. Call 204-297-5446 or email us at info at pkprenovations.com. We help make sure Winnipeg has good homes for good people. Because of you, the Great Canadian Talk Show has made headlines for over 15 years and forced important issues to be acknowledged and dealt with. The problem here is that they want everything their own way in every situation. It's unpalatable to the general public, but they're frozen out by the process. There are no subsidies for paying the bills for keeping the government honest. They just see money. Of course, it's your tax dollars, but it's being spent on their pet projects. We're on your side. A lot of these people in special interest groups, they don't bear any relationship to your life out there. They don't have any handle on what your reality is in your neighborhood. Support old-fashioned investigative reporting that matters. The best source of information is not the city councillor. It is this program and you listeners. Support TGCTS today.
they're saying the judge got it wrong, everyone got it wrong, everyone is wrong, but the city of Winnipeg. Always interested in your comments and your news tips. We've gotten a couple of dandies uh, this weekend. Uh, MartyGoldLive at gmail.com as well, Interact Transfers, to support this work. If we're bringing you entertainment, we're bringing you enlightenment. If you appreciate how once in a while we uh, have vociferous arguments and discussions with elected officials and bureaucrats on your behalf, file freedom information requests, and there's going to be a flurry of those coming up. Uh, Your support is integral to being able to continue this work, and with CTV having eliminated itself on the weekends... And in the end, uh, during the days, uh, I'm, as I said, I'm considering, you know, how can I contribute more in terms of content? Uh, and, uh, and as uh, our goal has been to make this as full-time as possible, that's where you come in, whether it's you personally, your business uh, or organization through sponsorship of episodes of specific segments, um, sponsored content, etc. It's all on the table, but I'm here for you. Now, I don't know that CTV would have necessarily explained this, but over the course of a week, they might have, through the course of their news programs, put together, um, without stating the narrative, they would have demonstrated a certain narrative. What's going on in this country this week? The NDP tabled legislation that would jail people who speak well of the oil industry. I don't even know if anybody in Winnipeg Media picked up on this draconian piece of legislation put forward by the, is the word exorable? Uh, Charlie Angus of the NDP that would create a criminal offense to say anything positive about fossil fuels, uh, clean energy, an unbelievable piece of Orwellian legislation that he stood at a podium and bragged about it. This is a great idea. Silence people from telling the truth that's inconvenient to our climate hysteria narrative. So there was that legislation that would put people in jail for saying the wrong thing about public policy. Then you had all sorts of individuals across this country getting the attention of the media, including many in the media themselves, proclaiming some sort of trans-Holocaust was going to uh, follow the uh, legislative proscriptions being proposed in Alberta by Premier Danielle Smith. They declare parents uh, have no right to guide their children. And a Jewish cabinet minister in British Columbia got chased out of office for daring to actually say something that I know is true because my auntie Rifka said it herself. That Palestine, as the uh, term was used in the uh, during the course of the British mandate, It was crappy land. They had to drain the swamps, overcome malaria, develop trade, build roads, and create prosperity. Selena Robinson told the truth. I didn't even know she was Jewish. And Dave Ebby, the premier of of British Columbia, being as far left as any communist is, caved to the mob. And tossed her well, she resigned, but he said it was a mutual decision, but uh, I believe she was fired. Everybody believes she was fired. That's what you had this week. Throw people in jail for saying, uh, for telling the truth about uh, fossil fuels that need to heat our homes. 
insists that parents don't have the right to guide their children, should know what's going on with their children at school. And if you're Jewish and tell a historical truth about the work that the Jewish people, by and large, did in the 1920s and 30s, to overcome the disadvantages left behind by the Ottoman Empire and the neglect of the British under their mandate, well, you lose your job. And things are pretty grim if you're Jewish in this country. I've talked about it. A lot of reaction to episode 13, the free press under fire, because their uh, esteemed entertainment columnist, Jen Zarati, denigrated the victims of October 7th. That episode, you should listen to it, because it shows how commonplace these kinds of lies and distortions are that in the Winnipeg media, not one editor at the free press thought, uh, is this true? Is this here the right thing to say? Should we be complaining that the Jewish community are providing visual proof from their own GoPro cameras of Hamas committing vile atrocities against Jewish women and men, which Zarati did never mention the sexual assault of and uh, sexual mutilation of Israeli men. It's not easy being a Jew in Canada right now, and this is the first time in my life that we've ever had to talk about that. As our civil society gets overwhelmed, largely this has been a phenomenon in Eastern Canada, in particular Toronto, the police having to crack down. As I said, I don't know if CTV would have mentioned it if they had a weekend newscast, but if I was the news director, I would, because tomorrow, as I record this Saturday, but Sunday at 3 p.m., Line Up the Bridge is the latest rally theme of the Hamas supporters, the communists, the so-called peaceniks, and the other I'm anti-Zionist, not anti-Semitic members of that mob in this city. The Hamas lovers are having a banner and flag drop for Palestine, they say. The Polo Park Bridge by St. John's Ambulance. In other words, as you're going eastbound, right through the underpass, going past Polo Park. Bring your flags, signs, banners, and kafias. Canada for a free Palestine. Of course, they show a map of the entire country, of the entire region, you know, because we know what from the river to the sea really means. Now, in Ontario, in Toronto, or Maybe it was the greater Toronto area, uh, be more precise. The cops took action about these kinds of uh, uh, protests that drop banners and hang out on overpasses. We'll see what the Winnipeg police do. We'll see if they actually monitor the signs, the speeches, the chants. And just a reminder to all of you, since this is the only platform that is doing anything to cover and monitor anti-Semitism in Winnipeg. I say only platform, I don't mean honest reporting, for instance. Uh, they did pick up, uh, about simultaneous to, to what we did, about uh, Jen Zarati. Honest reporting uh, had a, their own report about this. But in terms of a, a corporate, you know, corporate media, mainstream media, here in the alternative media, I'm covering this anti-Semitism. 
and and I haven't gone into it, but like in 2022, uh, the Lathe Maroof coverage, I was complimented by names you'd recognize for the analysis we did and for exposing that there was a local hook. The Winnipeg Jewish Community Leadership has never even uttered the name Leif Maroof, lest it embarrass Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government. But he had hookups here in Winnipeg. Maroof's the guy that got the 133 grand spouting anti-Semitism and other lovely things about the French, blacks, and others. He's like an Arab supremacist and then absconded with the money. I covered it early and often. And it had a Winnipeg connection. And similarly, there have been signs held up in Winnipeg extolling the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, a banned terror group, Hezbollah, and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. One of the ceasefire now rallies. There's a picture of the sign. About the martyrs. These are all terrorists. Isn't it amazing in Winnipeg all this raft of hate crime investigations in October, November, and not one charge has been laid yet? Is it because the police are afraid? Is it because the Crown Attorneys are afraid? Is it because the Attorney General is afraid? If you don't stand up to these kinds of genocide-supporting lunatics, you end up with a society that gets cowed, that doesn't stand up against these wrongs, whether it's in high schools, and oh yes, I've got more about what's going on in Winnipeg schools, universities, academia, and professional institutions. There's 500 or so medical professionals that signed signed on to a petition that suspiciously comes across as though Israel should lay down its arms, but Hamas shouldn't release the hostages and surrender. With doctors like that, (laughs) who needs enemies? Doctors, nurses, etc. signing that document. So there's a lot of tension in this community. Events like that uh, and signs that I've just described contribute to that tension. Have you heard Wab Canoe speak about it? Not much. Have you heard Mayor Gilliam talk about it? Not lately. When I have the chance to talk with public officials... These topics will be brought up because if I don't speak out for the Jewish community, we see pretty clearly that, you know, nationally, Tristan Hopper's been a very strong voice. He's not Jewish. Very strong voice through the National Post of the insanity of, of, of the overtaking of Canadian society by these uh, people who believe in this, uh, this concept of liberation by Hamas. CTV, to their credit, they did tweet out today about the United Nations Refugee uh, Agency that Israel showed video of tunnels and a server farm right underneath their headquarters in Gaza City. They actually meant, CTV Winnipeg actually mentioned, there's an example, as I believe I said earlier, of the kind of story that now isn't being told in Winnipeg. Audiences aren't seeing it. I don't think CBC will pick it up. I don't know if City will. I don't know if Global will. At least CTV Winnipeg almost would have if the cameras were on, if the red light was on, right? I'll continue to bring these issues up. I'll continue to draw the, draw the, the lines, you know, connect the dots. I'll continue 
to ask our elected officials and the authorities what they're doing to protect you, your family, your business, and your community. When it comes to Happy Land Park, when it comes to this pro-Hamas rally tomorrow, when it comes to the Bell layoffs, I'll tell the truth. I'll stay on the case. I'll let you know what, what I think you need to know as often as possible. And we're going to try to expand these efforts. But it's an example of a long conversation. Could have been crammed into a five or seven minute newscast. You betcha. Eight minutes. Bell layoffs. Pools, proposals for pools to be closed. Madillard admitting what the biggest political mistake of his career was. The lowest point. And once again, supporters of Hamas rallying in Winnipeg, trying to disrupt or distract traffic. That could have been done in eight minutes. I've embellished it uh, to some extent, I suppose, or uh, and enhanced it. I don't think embellished is the right word, but I've enhanced it by bringing more context to it. That's what we do here with the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. I'll continue to cover these stories, and I'll be watching the Super Bowl just like the rest of you. Uh, until then, always remember, never forget, you have the power. Thanks for listening. Back with next episode should be con- uh, another uh, part, not quite the second part, but more from our interview with Councilor Rossi D. Minarski Ward. It was about some other subjects I know you're going to hear about, going to want to hear about, including the pathetic quality of public consultation and safety concerns around City Hall. It's going to be worth listening to. We'll uh, be back after the Super Bowl and we'll talk about who won and lost and uh, how much camera time was spent on pop stars then. Enjoy your weekend, and thank you for listening. The information you need but can't find anywhere else. A lot of you know what would hit the fan if at any point anything were to come out from this. But we have that information. The tradition of investigative journalism for Winnipeg restored. You will not believe the latest kind of garbage being crammed on a curriculum that has nothing to do with reading, writing, arithmetic. Actionline.ca This is the priority at City Hall. Like prostitutes. There's money being waved around. We better go do whatever it is so we can get the money. Now, whether it makes sense doesn't matter. Featuring the Great Canadian Talk Show. Where do the people go to be heard? With Marty Gold. With Marty Gold. Thanks for listening to the Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty... Send it to TGCTS1 at gmail.com or follow him on Twitter at TGCTS. I